This is Rashawn Slater, first round draft pick for the LA Chargers, and you're listening to the Charged Up Bolts podcast. Bolt up. Good day and welcome to another edition of the Charged Up Bolts podcast. This is episode 130. And if you're not watching on YouTube, there's a few smiles around the uh, Charged Up Bolts podcast network because we've had a few technical issues. But we're here, we're recording, we're happy, we're talking football. I'm your host. For now, I'm your host, John Woz Jr. Tonight, I am joined by two of my football buddies up in Lancashire, Northwest England. Elliot Bermudez, how's it going, buddy? Just going good, mate. Do I have to say it all again for the listeners now? You've got to say it all again. (laughs) I don't know what hat you're wearing. I'm good, mate. It's nice to be with you after missing quite a few uh, episodes for traveling. But yeah, uh, I've got a special treat. I don't wear Chargers gear, just to wind was up. But I am wearing my special Shock. hat flown in all the way from California. Uh, I saw it on Instagram that Cronenworth of the Padres was wearing it. So I had to treat myself. And uh, let's hope that uh, the Chargers can avoid doing what the Padres did this season. Uh, La Jolla Euro is about eight hundred thousand uh, US dollars in uh, advertising revenue. I'll send you an invoice later on. <laughs> to be fair, Bez, I reckon, I reckon, um, I reckon Derek Carr's wore more Chargers gear than you. Just putting that out there on record. <laughs> Good. Good. Anyway, um, Dan King's not with us tonight. Um, hope you're well, Dan. But over across the pond. In the sunny state of Tejas is John Ayres. Hashtag Audible Chocolate. How's it going, buddy? It's good. It's uh, not very sunny here right now, actually. The uh, fall has officially hit, so the clouds are in. It, it looks, it's, it's gloomy. There's, It's gray. Like, it's, you know, it's basically where you live. So, I don't know how you do this <laughs> every day. It's very you know, I call, Can I call Ayres out here? The fall. <laughs> The f- what is this, Americans? Come on. It's autumn. Call it by what it's called. <laughs> and to be fair, we've had some very Californian stroke Flor- uh, Floridian weather these last few days in the United Kingdom. It, it is hot. You know, people are crying about the climate and stuff like that. It has been hot, really hot. Like talking like 85 for October. That's hot in the UK. Anyway, <laughs> enough of that nonsense. I had a bit of a... A chuckle this morning. John introduced me to Gridiron Heights. Uh, very good, John. Absolutely yes. phenomenal. Yeah, way better than The Simpsons. Way better than half the trash that's on the TV right now. But yeah, I enjoyed that, and I'll be, I'll be, I've subscribed. I'm, I am. You should. All that's in. good. It is. It is good. It is good. For, for anybody who doesn't know what he's talking about, uh, Gridiron Heights is this little animated cartoon shorts that uh, Bleacher Report puts out, and it's just kind of, you know, very tongue in cheek, making fun of. Kind of the NFL like top stories and things, and they have little what they call <laughs> Easter eggs in them, where they have like you know the main story is one thing, but they've got all these little hidden jokes. And in the scene that I sent him, uh, this person is is walking to this room for like you know ex you know good players or whatever, and he's walking by these other like self help rooms, and one of the rooms is like coaches on the hot seat anonymous, and Brandon Staley's in that room, so obviously implying that Staley is on the hot seat right now with the charges which i fully agree with yeah it's 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 quite fun i watched the uh the other the um the other episode where they're all at the uh, fun fair jonathan taylor to the colts no. well, well this, is gonna, this is gonna blow your mind they do one for uh champions league what I'll yeah for all the teams in, for all the teams in champions league it's it's just pretty funny stuff actually yeah 
Bez, I don't think that Sheffield Wednesday are going to be featuring that anytime soon. For those that you don't follow episode, soccer... So the Beach Report does an animated show of the championship? No. For those that you don't watch soccer, and this is not a soccer podcast, Sheffield Wednesday, who are followed by myself and Bez, are officially garbage. Out of a possible 33 points, they've amassed three. Three draws, and the rest have been defeats. It's terrible. They are worse than the 2016 Cleveland Browns. That's how bad it is. Anyway... Let's talk about real football. The National Football League, week six, officially starts tomorrow. Los Angeles Chargers have to wait till Monday night football to kick off against those pesky Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys coming off a nice little defeat from uh, San Francisco, who dropped a nice little 40-plus burger on them. Dallas... Very much like the Chargers, you don't know what you're going to get until the uh, day of the game. So let's go around the room. Let, let's let's talk Chargers. Let's talk Dallas. Let's start with John. What what's your thoughts on this game? Um, I mean, I think we have two teams who might be mirror images of themselves. A lot of hype. Yeah. Uh, a lot of players with name credibility. Um, but a lot of disappointments, really, and a lot of smoke and mirrors. Um, I think Dallas is overrated. I don't think they're as good as, as some people thought they were before they kind of uh, took a couple tough losses. Um, and honestly, I think they're probably a little bit desperate now. I think they're they're trying to right the ship um, because they had, obviously, Super Bowl aspirations coming into this uh, season. So I think, uh, I think they're a bit on... on uh, uh, in a desperation mode, you've, they've been backed into a corner after a couple tough losses. Uh, and I think, the, you know, the head coach, Mike McCarthy, is in the, in the same boat that Staley's in, where you had these expectations. He fired as a coordinator, an offense coordinator, uh, tried to bl- trying to put the blame for previous season's uh, faults on them. Uh, and, you know, he's, he's in charge of the offense. He's in charge of this team, and they are struggling yet again. Some might say, and it depends on, you know, what offensive metrics you really care about and what you're looking at, but some, some are saying that this offense is a lot worse than it was last year. So, you know, it, it, it is, it's, it's a big game for them. So I think that makes them dangerous, to be honest, right? They are, they're going to come out swinging. They can't, they can't afford to lose and go to two and three, uh, or sorry, three and three. Three and three. three. Three and three, yeah, sorry. They can't afford to lose and go to three and three with basically three straight losses um, in that division because they're already way behind the undefeated Eagles, right? So, I mean, yeah. they're kind of in the Chargers situation where they've got a dominant team at the top of the at the top of the heap, so they're kind of playing for more of a, a you know wild card seed, most likely. Obviously, it's early. Anything's possible, but it, it just seems most likely they're playing for, for a wild card, much like the Chargers, right? So, I, you know, it's, it's interesting to see a team with kind of the same issues going on as the Chargers, right? And Chargers, I would argue, are in the same position. You know, they're kind of the opposite, right? They, they've got two kind of wins in a row. So they're coming in, I guess, on a high, but they're still only 500, right? Like, you know, there's still a team that's like, really clawing to figure out where they're where they are in the in the in the league uh let alone in the division so i think you know both teams are are, you know again i absolutely positively hate using the term must win before the halfway point of the season because that it doesn't really feel like anything's must win this early because you can kind of recover you have so many games but it does kind of feel like a must win for both teams like it, it 
either team loses this one, it really significantly puts them behind the eight ball for playoff contention. So I, I think it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be a, a slugfest. I think both teams are going to come out gun in for that win. What do you reckon, Bez? You got your similar thoughts as Yon, or you got a different take? I agree that it's not must win because we're still in the find out mode of the NFL um, and we're trying to figure out who this team are, you know, and what are we? Uh, we've got potential. We've got some team. We've got rid of JC Jackson. I think they're still trying to build a culture. It's a bit damn late in the season to be doing that. It's for off seasons and years ahead, but they're cleansing the roster. They're, they're finding out who they can trust and, and, and the Chargers go into this game in a better position. You know, do you know what I like about this season is that last year we had so much hype and then we disappointed. And this year, the bubbles burst. We're not as overly excited. We know where we stand. We're a wild card team. Can we get in the playoffs? And then can we make a sustained run? So we don't need to win the game. Obviously, we need to see progress. You know, if you if you take a loss in this game, but it's close, competitive, um, you know, I don't think Chargers fans should be too disappointed and overreact. But let's not forget, we talked about Gridiron Heights. Staley is on the hot seat. This is not just him. He's with Telesco. Both go if this season is a failure. So this is one of these games where you target it as a win. I know what the Cowboys are about. I have Dak Prescott as my unfortunate quarterback in the Fantasy Football League. And he's let me down. He's underperforming. He's been around the 12, 13 to 15 points mark per week. So they're not firing. And I started watching some Cowboys games to see what they were like ahead of the matchup this week. And I agree, they, they mimic the Chargers very well, but I think they're a less potent offense. I think they are a team that can get it done, but they can also cough it up as well. So the Chargers have an opportunity. I, th- I just want to see them take a step forward. I want to be see consistency. I want to see Thule unleashed on the edge. I want to see Herbert not throw any stupid balls like he did for the interception last week. Go back to sensible, use your legs, run and get the ball to Keenan because we just stopped using him halfway through the Raiders game. So I want to see that they've learned their lesson and we can go in and kill uh, Ke- uh, Moore. What's his name? What's his name? Keelan or Keenan Moore? Kellen his first name now. Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore. Cheers. Kellen Moore. Couldn't remember how to say it. Kellen Moore is, is going to go back and, and prove a point that he has the better O in comparison to the team he's left. Hmm. So what do you reckon was? I haven't. I don't think if you say I've got fifty burger, I'm quitting the podcast. <laughs> what fifty burger on the charge? Right. First things first. Let's not beat about the bush. This is a must-win game for both oh, teams. Wait. And no, no, listen. Kansas City are at four and one. Guess who they're playing on Thursday night football? Denver. That but, is a train wreck. So they're five and one. So they're, they're five and one. one. The, the Chiefs are five and one. You know, I will refuse to wear any Chargers gear for the rest of this podcast season if Denver win tomorrow. It's not going to happen. So straight away, the Chargers are massively behind the power curve. And the same with, with um, uh, you know, uh, Dallas. Dallas, on their tails, are Washington. They're playing Atlanta this weekend. They've got a very good chance of winning that. If Dallas What's falls that, what's that say three, about your team when Washington's on your tail? That's all I'm going to say. Well, this is the thing. This is the thing. <laughs> These are two teams that have had I Dallas are always going to have high expectations. You know, you think rewind back to week one and week two, Micah Parsons, you know, unorthodox MVP in the fact that it's not going to be a quarterback. It was all, you know, guns blazing. Dallas are this, Dallas are that. Dallas are three and two. They've beaten both New York teams. You know, they 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 got 
utterly destroyed and torn apart by uh, San Francisco. Dak Prescott, who has been my backup quarterback on fantasy, officially got dropped this week because I don't trust him. I thought he's a safe pair of hands for when Hertz goes on his bye week. Uh, uh, see you later, Dak. You know, Dak has dropped off for whatever reason, and quarterbacks do go through this. Um, you know, so I, I am very much with you, Bez and John. You know, this is a this this team can flash, it can play well, but it can also let you down. I mean, we've got Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, they're huge threats on the other side of the football when when you know our you know with, with their defense. They've got CD Lamb, Tony Pollard. Look, we we've done we've done okay against some of the leading uh uh ball carriers. In, in the league this season, you know, we have been blown apart in coverage, you know, e even Ryan Tannehill's uh, mediocre offense made us look poor uh, at times. You know, we have got issues in, in past coverage, but ultimately it's going to come down to who makes the least mistakes. You know, John on uh, spoken at length about uh, penalties, third down penalties have been an issue for the LA Chargers. Um, but this this could be a slugfest. It, it, it really could be a, an ugly game. Probably one for the neutral uh, to tune into because I think it has got two uh, offences that, that that can light up the game. Um, but it's got two teams that can't afford to lose you know, a third game of the season, even though it's this early on. You know, we've spoken about this stretch of run going down now. You know, we've, we've, got, we've got Dallas this week. We've got Kansas City next week. This is a must-win game, you know. We've got it's so early on the season. Um, I, just I love don't the pressure think, you pile on the charges. Oh, unbelievable! But but this is the thing. And Bez, you, I know you listened to last week's podcast. You know, I actually stood up for Brandon Staley. Everyone's expecting blowouts. This is the National Football League. Every team wants to go out to win. You know, it, even even the Bears are managing to find ways to to, to victory. Um, it's not easy. It's not easy. We've got it in our gift to control this game. At this, where are we now? 11, 11 October. We are um, plus 2.5 against the spread. You know, that may change. Austin Eckler is apparently 99% sure to play. He's already said, I'm, I'm going to, he's going to play. Austin Eckler's playing on Monday night. Let, let's make no bones. I still like to see it. some Spiller because I think he's made a real splash since getting into the team. He's much better yeah. than Kelly in production. It was almost a bit predictable for Moore that when Kelly was on the teams that we've played over the last few weeks have sort of doubled down and gambled on the run and he's got nothing out of it really. I've been deeply unimpressed with him. But Spiller does something. He's got good hands, catches the ball well, moves well in space and was a bit more un unpredictable. And the defences weren't exactly sure, like thinking, oh, is this, is this the RB3? Can we sit off a little bit? And that gave him some space up the middle. Um, but he, he did enough to impress me. So I'd like to see him still sprinkled into the run game. Um, but I just want to pick up on something was just said. Uh, well, two things, actually. First of all, uh, you mentioned the Kansas City Chiefs. Their record is bogus. And I'm calling them out now. Did you see the end of that Vikings game? Did you see yeah. how the NFL handed them a victory? There were three yeah. flags on the fourth down play from the Vikings. All of them were picked up and all of them were completely legitimate flags that should have extended the play and put the ball on the one yard line. Absolutely ridiculous. In fact, I think one of them was holding or no, pass interference inside the end zone. So is that not a touchdown? So give me a break. The Kansas City Chiefs are a bogus team supported by the NFL. I'm not having it. Um, and the other thing you said about is, is must win. I don't agree, but 
an opportunity. It's, we're under the lights. Monday Night Football, we can light it up and it's a showcase opportunity for the man, Justin Herbert. I agree. I mean, talk about running backs. I mean, John, you talk about Darius Davis. I mean, he's had more rushing yards than than actually re- re- uh, receiving yards. Do you think we could get him more into the game on, on Monday night? I mean, maybe. I, I, I don't know what to think about this offense coming into the game. Um, honestly, I'm really worried about the offensive line. Um, the, the Cowboys have a very... What, without Lindsley? Yeah, without Lindsley. Um, I, they just don't seem to be the same unit without him. I just don't. I mean, Will Clapp's doing a fine job. He's, he's a fine fill-in backup center. That's what he is. He's a veteran backup. That's what you want. But he's just, he's no Lindsley. And I think when Lindsley's out there, there's a confidence. There's a, an organization. They just play better, right? Yeah. And it so it really worries me against the Cowboys who have really... When they've won this year, it's because and they're it's because their defense has been stifling, right? That don't don't get it twisted. They've got three wins and three, and I think all three of them are big blowout wins. Those are defensive wins. The offense contributed very little to those wins, right? They maybe they took the scores when they got them or whatever, but there were defensive scores, there were defensive pinning, you know, getting the ball back in plus territory. Like the defense is moving fluidly, it's all over the field. The defense is scary for the Cowboys. And I think that is a big problem for the Chargers. I think this defense is not going to have a lot of trouble getting to Herbert. So Herbert's going to have to play a smart game. I think, you know, our offensive game plan is going to have to understand that we don't have our best offensive linemen out there right now. They're not playing their best. And we need to, you know, sadly, I hate to say this, but we need to go back to something that looks similar to probably what we might have seen last year. A lot of quick, short throws, throwing just behind the sticks, trying to manufacture uh, yards, right? And honestly, we need to get the running game going, however that is, whether it's Eckler or Davis or Spiller or Kelly or all four of them on the field at one time and they just throw the ball back to each other like hot potato. I don't care. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't care what jersey is carrying the ball. I just want to see production from the run game because the pass game has – the passing defense for the – uh, Cowboys has been quite good. Their rushing defense is susceptible to big plays. Now, granted, they've played, you know, they've played some teams with a good rushing attack, and and the and the and the 49ers are not an offense that you can just say, hey, you know, look what the 49ers did to that defense. You know, anybody can do that. No, they can't. The 49ers have a have an elite offensive mind running them. So not everybody can do what the 49ers can do and gash the Cowboys the way that they did on the ground and through the air. But I do think that it is susceptible to the run because I think they get over overly aggressive. Right. And I think that if, you know, if, if this offense is able to really capitalize on that over aggression, you know, like it, you know, swing path, quick swing passes, wide receiver screens, uh, screens to the, to the running backs, you know, reverses, you know, end around, like just, just things that are going to get the defense to really commit and then get around them. I think we could see some big plays by this offense, but but we need to have a good, solid game plan coming in. And as fans, I think we need to accept the fact that this is probably not a 40-point Herbert game, okay? It's probably not. It's going to be a little closer than we'd probably be comfortable. Uh, but, you know, the good news is, is that Dak Prescott, as you've already mentioned, is not someone I'm actually scared of. This offense led by Mike McCarthy is not an offense I'm scared of. Now, the Chargers defense uh, is kind of known for making other offenses look really, really good. 
But I, I think <laughs> yeah. I, I think that this is one of those games where I think even though I mean I don't and I haven't seen the lines for this game. I, I believe the Cowboys are favored. Uh, yeah, narrow, are, narrow yeah, favorites. Narrow, narrow, yeah, it's a pretty close one, but I think they are the the coin toss favorite in a sense. Uh, but I I do like the Chargers' chances in this one. I'm actually I I was feeling like I was going to be more pessimistic, you know, and I was ready to give a a prediction later on where I picked the 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 Cowboys to win, but. I, I know I'm kind of, I am. I feel like the more I look at it and the more I look at the strengths versus the weaknesses, the more I think that, okay, you know what? The Chargers maybe are the favorite in this game. Someone's drinking the Kool Aid. Yeah, well, <laughs> it, is, it is. I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, against the line, Dallas are, Dallas are minus two and a half against the line. The ESPN match predictor gives us a 54.4 chance of winning. But We've already mentioned that these two teams are very almost identical. If you look at top-down DVOA, Chargers fifth on offense, 22nd on defense, and whereas you've got Dallas 19th on offense and 8th on defense, and their defense has been been the strength. 15. Let's not forget. Let's not forget that 22nd in defense for the Chargers is highly inflated. Oh yeah, by playing yes. Aiden O'Connell and the Raiders. Okay, correct. So if if, yeah. if they play, if they play Jimmy Garoppolo, even though I don't think he's anything special. I don't think I think they're still bottom five defense. I think they had, and I think know, they lose that game against the Raiders. They probably do. I mean, probably. Was, yeah, I, I agree. I was so I close. Yeah, hundred um, percent. I, I agree. You know, it's it's another. You know, my latest article of charges at Bolts have given us a very very inflated B minus on the season, and you know we've mentioned it that if it hadn't been for Herbert, we would be we would not be two and two. It's as simple as that. You know, and. and him and Alan. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Alan has been absolutely phenomenal this season. Um, I think the good pos- the, the, the good thing for the Chargers is Eckler will be back. I mean, if you look at if you look at um our our rushing stats alone the ground game, Kelly 207 yards, you know, averaging 3.6 yards a carry, not great. Eckler, he's only played one game, he's still the second leader on, on this team in terms of rushing. I mean Davis, I would like to see him a little bit more in that hybrid role because he's averaging nearly 16 yards a game, you know. And this is why I said to you, John, earlier, can we use Davis in a bit more of a, a creative role? Because we, we want to try and disrupt Dallas's defence and that's going to be really, really difficult, you know. And then, Bez, to your point about Herbert having ball security and not taking too many chances downfield, well, Dallas... They've got some, you know, phenomenal um, players in in Darren Bland, who's already had three interceptions this season. So, you know, it's it's going to be it's going to be a challenge. Um, I'm with you, John <laughs> Prescott, this season. Well, certainly through the first quarter of the season has been poor, but what happened in week two? Ryan Tannehill starts week two, an absolute dumpster. And then comes out, comes into week three looking like an MVP. So we just don't know. I, I would like to think we've had enough time to prepare, look at the tape, and address all the. Uh, we've, we've had the bye penalties. week, haven't we? Right. Yeah. So we should be looking as prepared as we can for 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 a game. If, if we don't win this, if we still look poor, uh, especially on defense, then then I have serious concerns because we're coming off this bye week and. You know, we, we, we've cleared the deck. We've got rid of JC Jackson, who refused 
to play when Mike yeah. Davis. This shows you the character of men. Mike Davis plays through an injury. JC Jackson won't touch the field. Yeah. So I'm glad to be rid of him. And it's a good decision. It's not the kind of decision Telesco usually makes. So it's nice to see him do it probably when he's forced. You know, it's, it's the straw that broke the camel's back. But for me, there needs to be still some in-season tweaks. I don't think it'll happen. I don't think it's feasible. But I think we need to start tra- looking to trade Bosa. I know he's injured, but the man is made of straw towards, and he's, he's lacking in impact. Um, and I'm thinking, you know what? It's nice to see Max st- st- step up. That is an unbelievable game he had against the Raiders. But I want to see production on a regular basis, a more consistency. And I, if, if anyone ever asked me, I'm not a big fan of sacks. I don't think they're as big as everyone makes out, right? Quite often the Chargers will get a sack and then the other team will convert third and 16, right? Yeah. I just want to see consistently good, tight defense where we, and, and, and more than anything, an interception would do me nicely. That's what I want to see this week. And I am desperate for an interception from somebody, someone, anybody. I take Staley running on the field, catching the ball and returning it. I don't care as long as we start getting turnovers. So I want to give you a stat here, and I've not wrote about this because I, I think it's unfair, and I think it needs to be written, uh, read as it's been written by uh, Daniel Popper of the Athletic. Talk about explosive plays. The Chargers are on pace to allow 119 explosive passes this season, significantly more than they allowed in 2022, which is 87, and 2021, 84. And we're talking about an explosive pass is over 15 yards. Uh, and, and Bez, I'm with you. Um, you know, it's all right having those stops and having those sacks, but then the offense, you know, um, regroups. Gives up 35 yards. Gives up, and in then, the you know, in, in the air. And, and that's a problem. And do you know what? For once, you know, I always want Bose to play. And, you know, I, I think he's, he's a great presence still. And, you know, we, we've chatted on the WhatsApp group about his, his ability to stay healthy. I think trading him might not be the worst thing in the world. But no the main thing here is, no, but the main thing here is if he's not healthy this weekend, I'm not overly concerned as I would, partly because obviously Max playing well, Thule, uh, and I think Chris Rumph will, show, will, will continue to show, show some promise. But I'm, I'm more concerned about the secondary uh, and what's happening you know, in pass coverage, because that, you know, C.D. Lamb is still a threat. You know, let, let's let's make no bones about this. He, he's still a very, very good um, receiver. You know, Michael Gallup's averaging 12 yards uh, reception. So we, we shouldn't really be um, playing too much into the fact that Prescott hasn't been playing well. Let's look, guys, we know you've been watching the NFL long enough. We've seen enough game tape. All it takes is three out phenomenal throws, you know, downfield to expose a secondary to, to get a score. Do that three times in a game, you've got a very good chance of winning. So I, I, I'm really looking forward to this because I thought we were quite unlucky when the last time we, we, we met Dallas. Uh, I think you were at that game, weren't you, John? Yes, I was. I mean, yeah, I know you were. Loss. Huge. Definitely a yeah, tough loss. Exactly. That's my point. You were there. And I remember talking to you after the game, you're like, that, that's a tough loss. And, you know, we, we try not to talk about revenge games, but I do feel like this is a time to show Dallas that, you know, that that that's their sort of reputation for, for 2023 null and void. Um, but people have commented on our charged up bolts feed that Dallas got Dallas got embarrassed in prime time. Are they going to want to get embarrassed again? twice in, in two weeks. 
That's up to the Chargers to do that. I, I don't want us to. I'm, I'm not interested in looking for an embarrassment. I'll, I'll, I'll take a I'll take a 21 um, 16 victory. However, it comes. I don't care. I'll win in overtime by a field goal. I don't care. I just don't want us to lose a game because it's going to be a rough old season if we lose on Monday night. It will. I, I'm going to throw out some praise. I think it's easy to be negative, right? I could I could oh, have yeah, a yeah, yeah. wax. Yeah. I could I could talk right now. Whinge about doing James and and his lack of impact to start the season. I could talk about a whole host of things, right? Obsessed about Bosa. I won't. And I'm going to give some praise where praise is due because we've been very critical of uh, Kenneth Murray. Okay? Yep. And we've seen over the course of several seasons that the guy just doesn't get it. And actually, do you know what? If you ignore a lot of opinions around football players tend to be based on their reputation. So JC Jackson's a failure because he was elite at Patriots, but to the Patriots, he's a legend because he was undrafted. Okay. Kenneth Murray, such a high pick, such a failure, right? Actually, if we get rid and dis suspend our expectations of him, he's been making some splash plays. He does get lost. He can be a liability, but he also has a big impact. Did you see him rush through and absolutely launch, I think it was the running back, straight into the quarterback and just dominate the play? And I'm seeing more and more of it. So I'm hoping, beyond hope, that I can still see more of that from Murray. As Henley comes through and hopefully develops into a starter and, and gets more snaps, I want to see what he can tr truly do. I think Murray has a really good role and I think he could be a leader and learn from um, Kendrick as well. Yeah, agreed. And I go, go to your point about Den, uh, Derwin James. I think Derwin set the bar so high of, of the last sort of two seasons. Anything, you know, below A plus as deemed as a failure. Um, but, I, you know, again, he's only going to improve as the season goes along, in my opinion. And I think sometimes you just need a bit of luck to um, improve a player's confidence. I think. Kenneth Murray's had a little bit of luck. Uh, he's, he's been in positions where he's been able to make a play and it's come off and he's been able to take that forward into other games. Um, so, yeah, look, I, I, I really want Kenneth Murray to succeed because if he succeeds, he's benefiting the LA Chargers. Um, but, John, I mean, where, 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 where do you think, where do you think this game will be won for the Chargers? Do you think, do you think it'll be when Herbert's got the football or do you think it'll be more about us stopping Prescott and, and really limiting uh, the Dallas offense. Um, so I think, I think it's going to be much like our, much like what we've seen in the last few games. I think it's probably going to end up coming down to the defense. They need to come up with a last stop at the end of the game. Ooh. Now, the, I, I really do. I just, I just see this playing out as a fairly high scoring affair. Maybe not like, 40 to 42 kind of, you know, not like the Dolphins game, but I could see this being like a 27, uh, 27 to, to 23 game or something like that coming into the uh, maybe 27, 21 coming into the, the, the final play and the Cowboys are driving looking for a touchdown. Right. I just, I can kind of see that scenario playing out uh, and, you know, twice for the win, the Chargers gotten lucky by a, a poor decision by a quarterback turning into a turnover in the end zone. Right. Or in the reds, you know, so I don't know if they can. I mean, I guess if you're going to rely on someone to do that, Dax, the guy. So maybe that is what we see again. But I, I just I just have a feeling that it's going to come down to the defense at the end of the game, coming up with a big stop to win it. That just that's just my gut feeling. And if there's somebody who I 
I know maybe not has has not as had as great of a of a year as I think other people were projecting him to. Maybe it's just because again, maybe we're just kind of ignoring some of the things that he's doing. But I think Asante Samuel Jr. is going to have to come up big again. I think he's going to have to be the one who's out there manning up some of these receivers and and making sure they're having a bad day, right? Like he's as a PFF has him as like the second highest graded cornerback in man coverage uh on the year and again it's a pff stat so there are some nuances to that but that does say something about how well he's playing as a man corner right so i just think that i i think that if someone's going to come up with a big interception it's probably going to be him he seems to be there in the biggest moments coming up with those plays so i'm going to be my eyes are going to be on him in the fourth quarter on the final drive for the cowboys can he come up can he come up with a big turnover to end their kind of last march so i mean that's just a gut feeling Bez, what's what's your sort of thoughts where the game might be won or lost for the Chargers? The game is going to be won, simply put, if we can get pressure on the quarterback, right? This is what I saw. I know it was the Raiders, but Mac wrecked. And I mentioned I'm not that big a fan of sacks. Actually, I prefer pressures because pressures force a quarterback to rush into throws he doesn't want to make which gives your secondary a chance to make interceptions, which are much more impactful plays in the game. So I want to see Prescott under pressure. I want to see Thule make the most of it. I don't think they're going to double-team him. Um, so I want to see him absolutely run riot and just get in Prescott's face. Make him make those throws and allow people to, to come. So if we can get that pressure, if we can force that quicker throw before plays are developed, before C.D. Lamb's gotten his... 20 yards ahead of Michael Davis across the field because Michael Davis cannot possibly cover across the field. Um, just, just force it. And then that's exactly when we're going to put points on the board defensively or at least give a short field for Herbert to go. And what I also want to see is I want to see Herbert have a complete game. I love the guy. Okay, but let's acknowledge who he is. He's a guy that can make every throw on the field. He's a guy that can put the team on his back and win. And he's also a guy that can go completely stone cold in the middle of a game and have a couple of hiccups, which we've seen. So I want to see that consistency. I keep using the word. I want to see us have a complete game for once. It isn't too much to ask, Brandon Staley. Please. Yeah. yeah I, mean, uh, I, I agree with the pressures, by the way. The, the, everybody loves a, st uh, a stat, right? Everybody loves a sack, and that's great. But this is what I, you know, people are like, oh, what a surprise to see Mac out there dominating. It wasn't for me. Mac yeah. has been playing at a high level all season long. Because he's been putting pressure on the quarterback, he's been putting exactly. pressure on the defense, on the offensive line, which has allowed people like Thule and other players to come in and make their plays. You know, he's closed gaps in the run game that have forced run uh, running backs to make different decisions. Right? He's done things that you don't see on the stat sheet, which is why he's had such a great year. And I think he is probably our best defensive player of the season. But nobody wants to talk about that because he because Thule's got all the sacks or so and so's got all like he's been playing awesome, right? So and I think pressures is important. Dak Prescott was averaging 2.7 seconds, about a little bit more, almost 2.8 seconds per pass last year under Kellen Moore when he was doing awesome. In the games he's done very poorly this year, he's at two and a half seconds or less, two yep. and a quarter seconds, right? So the pressure forcing him to throw fast. Dak is a fine quarterback. I do not think he is a quick processor. I think he needs time to survey the field. And when you force him to process quickly, like Bez says, I think that's when those mistakes are going to happen. So I wholeheartedly agree with that. 
Um, you know, I, I think that is a huge part of this game. Like, I don't care about sacks. We can get zero sacks, but if we pressure and create bad throws and turnovers, and that's all I want, right? And yep. a clean game. Clean game is the biggest thing for me. Like, stop with these third down penalties that are giving first downs. Stop with these stupid, big, you know, pass interference calls. Like, just play a clean game. And, and can I add to that as well? There's one name that we are not talking about. And I think the fact that we haven't spoken about it until 35 minutes into the podcast speaks volumes. Quentin Johnston. Where is he? I mean, he, he came up with that good third down catch to the chest that was called not a catch and overturned. Um, and I've seen a lot of anal analysis on Twitter showing him running really intelligent routes, uh, routes for you Americans that open up the field for others. Um, and that then he's overlooked. There was one in particular that felt it could have gone to the house if, if Herbert had looked his way and he didn't. He went to Allen uh, for 10 yards when QJ might have been away for a, a TD. So I want to see him scripted into the game. I want to see scripted plays to him. And I also want to see him given the opportunity to get down the field, use use his pace, launch it up to him. See if he can be, I know he's not the same as Mike Williams, but let's go and see if he can be a version of Mike Williams because MW is not coming back. We've seen the last of him. So let's see if he's got it in his locker to, to bring that to the, to so, the field. I'm, can you I'm scratch you better hands though? <laughs> There's probably a reason that he has not been looked at. And now part of it's a chemistry thing. Part of it's a trust yeah. thing, right? But like, I think I think the buy was really important for Quentin Johnson and this mm -hmm. offense. If you ask me, like, I know you say, well, you know, the Mike Williams thing happened. They had a whole week to prepare. That's not enough, right? That's not enough to prepare for the, for changing of the guard on on the offense. I think now that you've had a full game of Quentin Johnson as a as a main piece. Uh, and tape to look at and Herbert to go look at that tape and go, Oh shit, he was open. Oh man, he is get look at those route. Like I think Herbert needed to see it maybe to trust it more. And now you've got that extra time to prepare and build the offense yeah. to build in those routes, you know? And I don't really, I don't necessarily see, say I want to see him doing a lot of these, like just sending him deep and just seeing what happened around. Like that's great. And he can do that. And he has the pace. What I'd like to see is those quick routes, right? The slants, the quick posts, the digs, those routes where you can get him the ball quickly and allow him to get those yards after the catch. Cause that's why we drafted him, right? We needed yep. yak, right? But he hasn't really had the opportunity to show that yet. And I think those are the plays we need to script for him, right? Cause as much as I want to see him be MW 2.0 and be a contested catch downfield guy, that would be great. We could really use that. Obviously we saw that one attempt that didn't quite work out. Not an easy catch. I don't blame him. Okay. But you know, Michael Williams comes down with that 50, you know, or more percent of the time. And that's why yeah. Michael Williams is Michael Williams. Right. But, um, I think that those, that's not what I want from him. I don't want to script him hard catches. Not that he can't catch him. I just, I would rather script him the easier passes where he can be the yak artist that he is and really kind of drive that. Because once you start doing that and teams have to start respecting those quick plays those sh short plays, those middle routes, it's just going to open it up for everybody else. Yeah, John's kind of stole my thunder there. Um, I was going to say, with QJ, he has to earn Justin Herbert's trust. It's the same in Dallas. You've got Jalen Hurts, automatically goes to AJ Brown. Devontae Smith, in, in most games this season, I've got Smith on my fantasy team, doesn't get the receptions because that chemistry is there. You know, you know if, if the Chargers are a third and long or a third and medium, you know that football's going straight to Keelan Allen. Because 99 times out of 100, that's a completion. QJ has to work his tail off now 
in practice to say to Justin Herbert, I'm going to catch 49 out of every 50 of your balls or 98 out of 100. And until he does that, Herbert's automatically going to look for number 13. So I don't think it's on Herbert or Kellen Moore to bring QJ in. And yes, Bez, I agree. QJ, we want to see more of him. It's up to QJ now to have that but ball security. Can, can I say this, though? I do think there's an element of uh, a trust and, and chemistry, and I get that, right? But at the same time, we have two players, one with mega speed in Davis, uh, who's, who can be a gadget player, effectively, and one with QJ, who is a yak monster and can take yeah. it to the house like probably no one else can on our roster. Um, and we aren't scripting them into environments where they can succeed. I always believe in putting players in a position to win, putting players in a position to be the best version of themselves and succeed. So have we seen any plays where you think, right. wow, that so is designed to get so yak or take it thing. to the house? Here's the thing, Bez. Had we been three and one going to this game or even four and oh, I think you can might you maybe look at Dallas and go, let's script them in. Now we've 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 basically decided as a group that this is a must-win game. Let's let's play devil's advocate because we don't want to fall to another game behind the Chiefs. Kellen Moore's probably going, we need to go safe. We need to go to Keelan Allen on those medium and long uh, yardage situations. You know, we need to look at um, Donald Parham um, or, or Gerald Everett as a safe pair of hands. So you almost sort of dug ourselves into a position where we don't want to force the issue with QJ just in case he doesn't have that completion. And then we're in a position where we've got a Mel Melvin Gordon where it's like no one trusts the dude, you know? I understand that, yeah. But uh, yeah, and agreed, and I, and I, I'm completely with you. But I'm just saying, we've almost created a position now where it's it's become difficult to bring QJ in 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 big time situations. Um, and what what going leading on from what you said about QJ, there's another guy that we've we've briefly mentioned, Kellen Moore, is the inside man for Dallas. So you know, Dallas have obviously changed things up since last season, but their playbook is not a million miles from what it was. Exactly. So we should have some inside knowledge. Now, if Staley and our defence haven't picked up on what Kellen Moore's saying, God help us, because this is about the best chance we've got of beating Dallas right now. You know, they're licking their wounds. They're coming off of a heavy defeat. Um, I just think that Austin Eckler's going to get used a ton in this game. I really do. Um, I, I my, my personal view is, and this is just the world according to was, I think he was probably good to go um, against the Raiders, they've probably thought, do you know what? The Raiders are a dumpster. We don't need you out there, Austin. Just rest up, get healthy, because we're going to need you for the rest of the season. Um, I think we're going to see a big game from Austin Eckler uh, against uh, Dallas. I, re I really do. Um, but I would like to see Darius Davis being used a lot more because I think he's got the ability, he's got the speed. You, you know, like I said, uh, 15 yards of carry at the moment. Absolute speed monster um he, he's one of those I, I don't know I, john you might know i don't know stat wise over a 40 yard if he's as if he's as quick as some of the dallas uh, uh so the miami track sprinters that they've got in sean Tyreek hill etc but he, he's quick it's something that we've not had so can we utilize him a little bit more maybe maybe bez if we gas the dallas defense to go late on in the, in the fourth quarter who knows what could happen if we have got a bit of a, a two-score gap, whether they try and bring QJ in and have a, some garbage time receptions and a touchdown. 
it, it's never garbage time to me if if the Chargers are putting up more points and bringing people in into the game. Um, who knows? I mean, that's that's why we love the NFL because there's so many storylines, so many permutations of what might happen. And on that note, we've all gone quiet. Um, look, guys, um, predictions. John, I think you've already said yours. I, I, I think you said yep. 27-21. Yeah, 27-21. Asante Samuel with a pick to end the game. I like that. Bez? Hmm. I'm going to go 24-21 to the Cowboys. Oh, shit. We lose by a field goal in the last minute, which we haven't done for a while, to be fair. You know, got to be diversified with your wins and losses. Mm, I'm not happy with that score, best to be honest. I am going 24 <laughs> charges, 20 Dallas. And we're going to come from a late rally in the fourth quarter to win. Look, we haven't spoke. I mean, obviously, Dan and I spoke last week about the Raiders game, you know, getting shut out in the second half. I'm not overly concerned about that. I don't want to see it again because I don't want it to become a, become a trend. Um, let, we, we need a balanced Gone cold again. game. Say again? Say again, Buzz? We, 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 we went cold for a period again. Got to stop going cold in games. Yeah, we, We've got we to put did. the foot on the gas and deliver. Keenan Allen yeah. did nothing second half yeah. against the Raiders after dominating for ages. So... Yeah, and, and this is it. So I say I'm not overly concerned, but I, I don't want to see it again in this game. We 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 we're not. We're probably not because of Dallas's defense. We're not going to get away with it. You know, um, what did we have a punt, 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 punt? Was it last four drives uh, against uh, against uh, Rain? Or was it no? It was a takeaway involved in that, wasn't there? The, the interception. But yeah, um, I can't wait. I'm just. Uh, I'm more concerned. I've got a busy day Tuesday. How I'm gonna? I'm just trying to figure ways of staying awake because <laughs> it's gonna be a rough day for me. And you, are you staying up, Bez, for the game? No, absolutely not. I'm traveling Tuesday, so I'll uh, sleep, avoid the score, watch it about five six a.m. when I get up. John, any plans for the game? Where are you watching it at home? Um, I'm actually probably going to be starting the game a little late because uh, my daughter has soccer practice, and I am the coach, so. Poor girls. <laughs> Amazing. Let's hope it's it's Arteta football, yeah? Oh, it is. It is. It's beautiful. Yeah, I mean, you I must be a, delighted with Spurs have a little Martinelli. The league. <laughs> well, I wish it wasn't with the Spurs, but yeah. Be, beating Man City, getting those three points was huge. What a game so. that was. Tactical yeah. masterclass from both. Just it was great. Game. It was back and forth. It was it's one of those games where if you don't understand what's happening on the pitch, you I don't think you fully appreciate what you're seeing. Mm -hmm. But it was it was a masterpiece. So I'm hoping that is the tides turning and this team really like turning it on this for this for this season. So we'll see. Well, let's hope we see a Brandon Staley masterpiece on uh, Monday for his sake and for the Chargers' sake. Oh, breaking news! It's just popped up from Bleach Report. You check now. Um, Chargers draw. Chargers trade first round pick this year. First round pick next year for Justin Jefferson of the Vikings. Yeah, right. What? Yeah, Telesco would never do that. What? Telesco thinks the first round pick is the greatest thing ever. Invented. He would, he would I, honestly, if he didn't have Justin Herbert, he wouldn't trade a first for Justin Herbert because he's like, oh, it's a first round pick. Oh, 
So true. I had you. I had was then. I had was. Never had John, but definitely had was for a sec. As soon as he said first round pick, I'm like, nah, that ain't happening. <laughs> anyway, we can dream. We can. Uh, we can dream, and we can talk, and we can tweet. Where can we find you on X, <laughs> Bez? Oh God, yeah, it's changed names. Um, you can find me. Uh, well, the podcast at charged up pod. You can find me on both X and Threads, which has not got off the ground whatsoever. No, it's not. I tried using it. Oh my lord, Threads. <laughs> no there's no engagement whatsoever. There's no, no engagement what, unless you're paying Instagram or Meta a million pounds a week. You ain't not getting your voice heard on there. You no. you could literally, you could literally, yeah, post on there that you're about to give a million dollars away genuine if you had it and no one's listened to what you're saying <laughs> disaster john where are we finding you buddy on x you can find me on x at adroid airs hashtag audible chocolate um you can't find me on threads because i can't find threads so <laughs> <laughs> don't go there it's a waste of time you can find me at endzone 85 and charged up underscore bolts i'm trying to get rid of that underscore it's proving a bit more difficult but this has been a really really fun podcast my favourite time of the week, chatting football with my good buddies. You've been listening to Charged Up Bolts podcast. We'll be back next week when hopefully we're talking about a victory because in week seven, we have got a big clash against those Kansas City, whatever they're called. Referees. Referees. <laughs> That's it. Bolt up, everybody. Bolt up. Bolt up. This is Rashawn Slater, first round draft pick for the LA Chargers, and you're listening to the Charged Up Bolts podcast. Bolt up.